Hi, my name's Grant Fishbook, and I am honored to be the lead teaching pastor here at Christ the King Church in Bellingham, Washington. Thank you so much for choosing to access this online content today. We really hope you'll enjoy this message. One of our values here at Christ the King is biblical face-to-face -face community. And so while we are so excited that you joined us today online, I really want to encourage you. Make sure that this is never a replacement for face-to-face -face biblical community. Your story matters, you matter, and we want to see you get connected in a local church. Now, if you're here in our area, we would love to have you join us at any one of our five campuses. But if you find yourself outside of the Bellingham area, we really want you to get connected into a local church. So we hope and pray that that happens for you very, very soon. God, thank you for just a small display of your power last night. Father, thank you that, that our strength is measured against your incredible power and we worship you today. The wind and waves still know your name. So God, we lift our hands and worship you in spirit and in truth. God, thank you for helping us not to rely on the things around us, but instead to rely solely and completely on you. Father God, I pray that we would not walk from this place today asking the wrong question, how was worship? But that we would ask the right question, how was my worship? Given the opportunity, did I worship God in spirit and in truth. God, we invite you into this place. Take center stage, be our complete and total focal point. God, we pray that we would hear a word from you today that would press us deeper into worshiping you. God, thank you for my brothers and my sisters. May we worship together today. 
and glorify your name. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It's good to see you here, church. Grab a seat. Let's, uh, let's get ready to talk together. I appreciate you rolling with the punches. I appreciate even more our tech team that is scrambling like crazy behind the scenes to try and get things uh, back online again. I uh, just appreciate your patience with that whole piece. Uh, if you have been paying attention to the news at all, you have seen over the last couple of days uh, incredible devastation in the island of the Bahamas. Many of you have vacationed there, and there are a lot of fellow believers in the Bahamas. Um, some churches have been completely destroyed, and of course, whenever one of these tragedies happens, people begin to ask the question right away, what's Christ the King going to do? Well, I want to remind you, you're Christ the King, so my question is, what are you going to do? And the way we do this is, is simple. Uh, we, we could create our own campaigns. We could have all different kinds of drives and donations. The bottom line is that's not what our brothers and sisters in the Bahamas need. They need people who are already on the ground. The cool thing is we partner together with a ministry called Samaritan's Purse. Samaritan's Purse is already on the ground in the Bahamas with a mobile hospital. They're there with water plants. They are there with, with, with relief uh, supplies. They're already on the ground doing what needs to be done. I spoke with a representative from Samaritan's Purse. They don't need your blankets. They don't need uh, water bottles right now. They have all of that ready to go. What they need are simply donations. So if you want to be a partner with one of our other partners, Samaritan's Purse, to walk alongside of them, you can make a donation at SamaritansPurse.org. It will go directly to the relief effort in the Bahamas. And if God prompts you to do that, I would encourage you to respond to him. That's how we do this. We do it with partnership. And we really believe that God is going to honor those pieces together. So um, listen to whatever the Lord tells you to do. In the early 2000s, Christ the King was supporting several orphanages in Kiev, Ukraine. And because my family heritage originates in Ukraine, or what used to be Prussia, uh, I was very excited when I was offered an opportunity to travel to Ukraine and spend some time in three different cities. So I traveled with a small team in the middle of winter. We arrived in Kiev, and then we went to three different cities, Dnipropetrovsk, Apostlova, and Zolnodosk. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I had to practice those names over and over and over again, and I want to have an opportunity to say them again. All right. So while we were gone, there were some interesting political rumblings that started popping up in Kiev, the capital city, which for me caused a, a, a low grade of tension because that's where the airport was that I was going to enter the country and exit the country. When the rumbling started picking up in intensity, there were rumors of protests and riots and the threat of the Russian army actually coming in to, to settle some things down. So I'm in Ukraine preaching and teaching and people back home are glued to their televisions watching what became known as the Orange Revolution. So I have no idea what's going on because we're not in Kiev. My family's back here watching TV going, what in the world is going on where Grant is? So we finish up a set of preaching opportunities one morning. I preached in a church, a Ukrainian church. I will never forget the worship. They sang, how great thou art in Ukrainian, no instruments in this beautiful stone structure. It was about 30 degrees inside of it. And church went for three hours. And it was fantastic, fantastic. Three sermons. I preached the middle one. And it was just a glorious moment to worship with God's people on the other side of the world. After we're done preaching, my friend Terry, who was leading the team, comes up to me and he goes, so I don't want to alarm you, but here's what we're hearing. The Russian army may be heading to Kiev. 
They're going to surround the airport and cut off all transportation in and out of the country. I think we should get you out of here. I agreed with him. I think we should get me out of here because the thought of being stuck in Ukraine in winter in the middle of a revolution didn't sound like a whole lot of fun to me. Maybe that's what would make you excited, but I just like, no, I think I'm going to pass. So Terry made a phone call. He called a cab driver who we had used as a driver earlier in our trip. We nicknamed him Rocket Man. Okay? We nicknamed him Rocket Man because he made gasoline in his own bathtub. Wrap your head around that, okay? All right? And Rocket Man was just a mild descriptor as to how he drove, okay? So we take off to Kiev in the evening at Mach 2 in a car with no shocks, running on gasoline made in a bathtub, heading towards a city that's under the threat of the Russian army, okay? Don't ever try to tell me that following Jesus is boring, okay? <laughs> Not boring, okay? So I'm in the back seat, bouncing on this car with no shocks. I'm thinking about Laurel. I'm thinking about the fact I should have written a will before I left. I'm thinking about my kids. I'm wondering about what does Ukrainian prison actually look like? I mean, I'm thinking about these things. I'm overwhelmed, physically and emotionally stretched to the limit. And out of my heart bubbles a song. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns. From heaven above with wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. I sang it again. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns with heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Rocket Man took a hard left. And I found myself singing nearer my God to thee. And when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. All right? Scared me to death. We peel into the airport. There's no army. No army anywhere. I go inside. There's no people. That's spooky. When you walk into an airport and there's not a single soul there. We're standing there. And at the end of the hallway, I see a lady in a uniform, blue and red. British Airways. God save the queen. I mean, I am excited to see her. I run down the hallway. I catch her. And this is what she says. This is the last flight out. We're going to London, but there's fog there. We may have to go back to Amsterdam. We have no idea when we're coming back. So if you want to fly with us, get on the plane. And we did. And I flew by myself on a 747 just me and the crew. Best in-flight service ever that I have experienced. And I remember sitting in my seat singing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Because I had an opportunity to experience it. Your mercies are new every single morning. I remember singing on that flight because there was no one else to bother with my worship I remember singing, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear, may it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. 
I knew 9.30 wouldn't let me down. <laughs> when you're in a place that doesn't feel like home, or you just feel completely overwhelmed, or you're in a place where nothing can contain your joy, what do you sing? What's on the playlist of your soul? What do you sing when life goes sideways? What do you sing when you are bent out of shape? I put some questions in your outline. They're not just to fill time. I'd like you to actually think about these with me. Question number one, what song do you sing when you're sad? When you're sad, what do you, what do you sing? Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Do you sing a country song about the fact that, that your truck doesn't run anymore and your dog died? I mean, or do you sing in the opposite spirit? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not as thou hast been. Thou forever wilt be. What song do you sing when your heart's broken? I mean, when your heart broken. You don't bring me flowers. <laughs> it's hard for me to say I'm sorry, right? Or do you sing in the opposite spirit? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What song do you sing when you're happy? Now, if your answer is happy by Pharrell Williams, that's totally cool. Right now? They actually sang one of the songs that I'm singing when I am happy, in Christ alone. Because that's the only place I've ever found true resounding joy. Amen. Happiness comes and goes. Joy is embedded inside of your spirit. I have joy in my spirit because I know something. When all of the rest of the world is shifting and moving, there's a rock that doesn't move. I'm going to stand on that rock in Christ alone. Somebody say amen, all right? Yeah. Now the question, what do you sing when you need a miracle? Currently, I don't, can't speak for you, I'm raising a hallelujah every time I'm praying to God for a miracle. And some of you are like, Grant, we, when are we going to actually sing the song? We actually rewarded everybody that came on Labor Day weekend with raise a hallelujah. Amen. And if you missed it, okay, all right. <laughs> Come to church. What songs bubble out of you when you're pressed or crushed? I mean, are they songs of hope and help from God? Or are you limited to the top 40 where the world asks the same questions that you're asking? Do you sing songs of worry when you are crushed and pressed? Or do you sing songs of worship when you're crushed and pressed? Max Lucado said this. I love his words. Worship adjusts us. It lowers the chin of the arrogant, straightens the back of the burdened. It bows the knees, singing to him our praise, opening our hearts and offers to God our uniqueness. Worship properly positions the worshiper. Oh, how we need it. We walk through life so bent out of shape. Cure any flare-up of commonness by setting your eyes on our uncommon king. Worship lifts our eyes and sets them on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at the God's right hand in the place of honor and power. I love what he says next. We worship God because we need to. But our need runs a distant second to the thoroughbred reason for worship. God deserves it. God deserves it. God would die for your sin before he'd let you die in your sin. What do you do with such a savior? You lift up your gift in worship. So in this series, we've allowed the postures of worship to shape us, to bend us back into shape. So far, we've studied yada. 
to raise our hands and to worship with outstretched, needy arms. We then added a soundtrack of Zamar, the music that accompanies us in our worship for Jesus. Then we added Halal, which was a shout of praise to God that looks clamorously foolish to the world around you. Then we added Barak, Okay, not the president, the posture of bowing or kneeling in God's presence. We learned that we can have our knees on the floor, but that our eyes always need to be elevated towards Jesus and his cross. Last weekend, Pastor Brian preached on todah, an extension of the hand, a confession, a thanksgiving, not just in looking back at God's faithfulness, but anticipating what he has for us right around the corner. And this week, we're going to add word number six. Next week, last weekend of the series... But for this week, tahilah, which means a laudation, okay? A laudation, applaud, praise, a hymn, a song of praise, a new song, a spontaneous song. Now, I made myself a promise because I, I do a lot of research. I mean, I listen to a lot of different people give their particular spin and, and uh, with, with great deference to my brothers and sisters from the South, they pronounce this word tahila. <laughs> and every one of them makes a joke about, just remember it, tahila sounds like tequila. I'm like, I don't want you to remember it that way. I'm just saying, okay? Tahila is the form of worship that bubbles out of you in a spontaneous moment of praise. The word's used 57 times in the book of Psalms alone. When David is overwhelmed by his life or overwhelmed by the simple presence of God, a song would just bubble out of him. And I found an interesting correlation. David did his best writing when he was in the greatest amount of pain. When he was confronted by his own sin, when he was confronted by his shortcomings, out of him came words of praise. I found this interesting correlation. I think it bears noting. In the middle of the greatest pain comes the opportunity for the greatest praise. I want you to listen to David. Allow a song erupt from his heart in the middle of heartbreak. He's going to quote some words. You're going to go, I think I've heard that before. It's actually the words that Jesus said from the cross. But they were originally written in Psalm 22. The Bible says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you don't answer by night, but I find no rest. Let me give you modern context. God, where in the world are you? I'm down here all alone. I, I can't sleep. I ask questions, but I don't hear anything. If the song had been written, David would be singing all by myself, right? I just don't want to do this all by myself. And what, what bubbles out of him next is absolutely beautiful. He says, my heart is breaking. I'm all alone. And then in verse 3, it starts with this single word, yet. Some of you had a horrible week. Yet you're still here this morning. Some of you got a terminal diagnosis this week, yet you still showed up in God's house today to lift shaking hands and say, I don't have anywhere else to turn, so I think I better sing. Some of you were crushed this past week, yet you summoned up all of the strength you had left and dragged yourself through the front doors because you know this is the only place where you're going to find any hope. And it's not because we're here, it's because he's here. Yet, you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises, Tahila. 
And you, our ancestors, put their trust. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Here's the reality David's teaching. I don't know if you know this or not, but life can be hard. Life can be hard. Yet this one thing I know, our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. A new song for old pain transforms the worshiper. Let me say that again. A new song for old pain transforms the worshiper. Listen to these songs from David. Psalm 40, verse 3. Any U2 fans in the house? Remember the Joshua Tree album, 40? This is where it came from right here. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of Tehillah, praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in the Lord. Now, some of us are going to struggle with this, especially the 930 crowd. Because some of you grew up in church and you like the old songs. So do I. Okay? Don't write me a letter. I like the old songs. Nowhere in Scripture does God ask us to sing him an old song. Now, does that mean there's no place for the old songs? Absolutely not. When I was in the car in Ukraine, I'm singing the old songs because those are the ones that I know. There's no lyrics in the back of the car. I'm just like, I'm going to sing what I know, okay? Does this mean there's no place for the old songs? Absolutely not. I'm just going to say this to you. If you are a veteran follower of Jesus, when was the last time you obeyed his command to sing him something new? It's time for some of us to update our playlist just a little bit. Now, I love the old ones. Don't get me wrong. The question is just this. When was the last time you paid attention to what God said he really liked and just let something bubble out of your heart? Here's my challenge. Today, sometime, just let something new bubble out. If all you've got is, Jesus, I love you, that's... You know what I know happens in heaven when one of God's kids does that? Jesus goes like this to the angels. Did you hear that? Best song ever. Listen again. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with Tehillah praise. Give him thanks. Give thanks to him and praise. Barak his name. All of this is the essence of Tahil. When we offer new songs of praise to God, something happens. God steps out of heaven and he takes residence in our hearts. He doesn't just drop by for coffee. Jesus actually shows up in our soul and starts building a residence for himself. He builds a home inside of us. God inhabits, he incarnates, he actually lives out the biblical precedent. God with us, Emmanuel. God makes a promise he makes a promise when we've got nowhere else to turn, but we choose to turn to him in worship and praise. He starts constructing something brand new in the depth of our soul. So this really is a precious promise. I called it the worship promise in your outline. It's this. God takes up residence in the new songs of our heart. I don't know about you. I need Jesus in my neighborhood. But even more than that, I need him in my house. 
And even more than that, I need him in my heart. Even more than that, I need him in my soul. I need God to move in, rearrange the furniture. I need him to start a renovation project that makes Chip and Joanna Gaines look like lightweights. I mean, I need a complete overhaul of the soul, okay? I don't need magnolia. I need the magnificence of Jesus. I'm watching video coverage of the Hong Kong protests last week, and I saw something that amazed me. Maybe some of you saw this. Hundreds of thousands of people flooding the streets of Hong Kong in protest over an extradition law, okay? We're not going to get political, but I thought it was interesting. There's an American reporter. Behind the reporter, you can see the streets. Hundreds of thousands of people. They are absolutely packed. And yet in the background, I can hear singing I turn up my volume and I get closer to the TV because I want to hear, what are they singing? I don't care what they're reporting. I want to know what they're singing. I was shocked by what I heard. That crowd was singing, sing hallelujah to the Lord. And then the other half of the street would sing it back to them. Back and forth, back and forth. For those of you that grew up in the Baptist church, you recognize that song, right? That song was a scandal in my church because that wasn't a hymn, that was a chorus. And we're like, "Mm, I don't know about that. That spontaneous song was sung over and over and over again. So I start Googling and I find out that song has been declared the anthem of their movement. Sing hallelujah to the Lord, a movement of change. And it reminded me of another moment when a spontaneous song ushered in something brand new. Matthew chapter 26. Let me start reading it to you. We're going to have to get all the way to the end for you to see the tie-in. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. On the heels of the very first communion, something bubbled up out of the history of the disciples and they responded in song because they were overcome by a new covenant of grace. Let me set the context. It's Passover. It's Thanksgiving dinner for the Jewish people. They are so unbelievably grateful for what God did when they were enslaved in Egypt and the angel of death came and caused an unbelievable toll, which is just heartbreaking to think of, but that angel would pass over any home that had painted the blood of the lamb over the doorpost as a symbol that they were God's people. So Jesus and his closest group of friends are sitting in a room together celebrating this Thanksgiving dinner and their, and their meal is interrupted by a woman who shows up and she does something extravagant, clamorously foolish if you want to call it that. She takes an alabaster jar of perfume that was really expensive. She breaks it, pours it on the feet of Jesus, wipes his feet with her hair and everyone takes a big deep breath because you just didn't do that. And after that's done, Jesus goes back to eating a meal 
I think there's a song of friendship in the air at that particular moment, but, but not everybody's singing it because off in the corner, Judas is getting ready to do what he's famous for. He's getting ready to betray the person sitting across from him. And then suddenly there, there's some dinner music that starts to play. And proverbially, Jesus sings a new song, a new song that goes along as a soundtrack for a new covenant that proclaims this. Under the old covenant, there were over 600 rules, and you had no hope of being able to keep all of those 600 rules. So essentially, you had no hope whatsoever. But that old covenant was going to be revoked because of a broken body and spilled blood. And because of that, there was a new covenant that was going to take place, a covenant of grace that it said people like me and people like you actually had an opportunity to have a real relationship with God, that our uh, sinful record could actually be expunged and pressed away. Jesus announces, I've got a brand new covenant, which is a brand new open door. You don't have a death sentence anymore. You have an opportunity to enter fully into a relationship with me. Hallelujah to the spotless lamb. Here's the good news. We were dead, but now we are alive in Christ. And that means you can zamar that and yadah that and Barak that and Todah that and Tehillah that. Somebody better say amen. Amen. Jesus says, you want to see what love looks like? Broken body, spilled blood. Here's my question. What song would you sing in the face of that kind of love? If you were at the table that night and Jesus did that, what will bubble out of you heart? Out of your heart? I'm just saying. If somebody sings Whitney Houston right now, I'm I'm gonna lose it. Just saying, okay, all right. What song would you sing? I thought about it all week long. What would I sing in the face of that kind of love? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. How about I'm coming back to the heart of worship? It's all about you. It's not about screams. It's not about lyrics. It's all about you, Jesus. There's a newer song we're singing. I'm just loving it. I love the chorus. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forevermore, you reign. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. (laughs) Saved a wretch like me. My chains are gone. I've been set free. So today I'd like to give you some, some homework. I would like to challenge you to go home and sing a new song sometime today. Just let something bubble out of your heart. I promise you, if it's one line, (laughs) Jesus will love it coming from you. Can you sing old songs? Please do. 
You know what's amazing? Is I just sang some of those songs, Jesus paid it all, I surrender all. You know what I love about this church? For some of you in this room, they were brand new. What's new to you may not be new to somebody else. <laughs> awesome. I'd like to challenge you at some point today to live out this word and just sing God a line of a new song. Here's another challenge. But if you went home this afternoon, got in a corner by yourself or gathered your family together and served communion. Some of you are like, is that legal? Like, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't need to happen here. Bread and liquid, body and blood, just remember and see if that doesn't inspire you to sing a new song. So I got to save some voice for the next one. I'm done singing, but you're not. How many of you were here when I was the worship guy here? You remember the mullet? Yeah, that was, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I'm done singing, but you're not. You're not. Because we want to give you an opportunity to actually sing. It may be new for some of you. It might not be new for some of you. But I love the fact that we're going to wrap up this morning by singing about grace. This is amazing grace. That he would lay down his life for us. And we have an opportunity. I mean, God's given us life and breath. And now we have an opportunity to use it. I know we're going to use it this afternoon at 1 o'clock. Right? I know we're going to use it. Just have an opportunity to get the priorities straight. And give God the best of our energy. And the best of our worship. And the best of our praise. So let's pray together. Father God, I thank you. For these beautiful words. And God, now as we, as we, Tahillah, with a, a song that may be new to some, that may be spontaneous to some, that may even be put in the category of Him for some because of the deep theological hope that's in it. God, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you is the God who is in the Bahamas right now, loving, caring, helping. We love you is, is the God who, who understands what it means to sing hallelujah to the Lord. So God, as we sing a song of grace today, we thank you that this truly is amazing grace. The fact that we can worship you. The fact that there is a new covenant. The fact that you did allow your body to be broken and your blood to be spilled. We thank you for it today. So God, would you please raise us to our feet. Lift our hands. Press us to our knees. Help us to hum along, sing along. God, may an expression of our heart today be eclipsed. God, we don't care how was worship today. We just want to know that our worship was beautiful to you. So God, would you set the stage? Would you come and inhabit the praises of your people? Would you construct a new home in the, the bottom of our soul? We love you. We thank you. We give you our worship today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Church, would you stand with me?
Thanks again for watching. We're so glad that you joined us today. Once again, we hope you'll get involved in biblical face-to-face -face community wherever you happen to be today. If you'd like more information about Christ the King Community Church, if you'd like to give online, or if you'd like to submit a prayer request, or even get connected in a small group, you can find out more about us at ctk.church.